Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. Hello and welcome to Save for Later from Guardian Australia, a podcast about internet culture and the tabs our brains just can't close. I'm Michael Sun. And I'm Steph Harmon, filling in for Alex Gorman. We are doing something different this week because we have some very special guests. They host one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Who Weekly, everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. On the show and the very fun Facebook groups that have sprung up around it, they dissect headlines, beefs, and attention-craving posts of D-list celebrities who we only kind of half-recognize. And they have a regular segment on what Rita Ora is up to, my favorite part, obviously. (laughs) So Who Weekly is as much about how the internet covers celebrity as it is about the people themselves. And we have Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber joining us. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) We are honestly so excited. Like, I think me and Steph were genuinely like shaking in our boots. We were like, they're finally coming on. (laughs) Our biggest guest ever. I feel like we do just need to address for our listeners who may only know of Who Weekly from an Australian standpoint, are you aware <laughs> that Who Weekly is the actual name of a tabloid, of a very bad yes. tabloid magazine in Australia? Yes. It was a. It was kind of an early concern for us. We talked to uh, some of the people who were helping us distribute our podcast very early on, and they basically said, well, it could prove to be an issue, but just do it and see how long you can go before they send you a cease and desist. And they never sent us one. And then when we switched providers, we said, it might be a problem. We've been doing this for a few years, but there is another company that's called Who Weekly. They're based in Australia. And the person said something along the lines of, "It's if it's been this long, it's going to be fine. So we've stopped worrying. Yeah. And in that way, I feel like they're we love them as we love Rita Ora, who also could yeah. tell us to ask, <laughs> ask us to stop and who hasn't. So we like, to me, that makes me love Who Weekly and Rita Ora even more, you know, like that, my love grows for them because I think they understand what we're doing here. We're not trying to step on their toes. And also I feel like sometimes we get tagged as the magazine Who Weekly and I'm like, that's funny to me. <laughs> have they have they <laughs> ever noticed it? Have they have they ever said anything? No. Like, tweeted it? Nothing, no, no, just no. Nothing. Amazing. No. I don't think they've ever acknowledged us. <laughs> ever. Yeah, which I, which I would love and I do crave, but I, I'm i okay with it not to. <laughs> you are actively giving them free publicity. Like I have people come up to me right. um, when I talk about this podcast and they're like, oh, like the tabloid, right? Like you're reading the magazine <laughs> Who Weekly. And I'm like, no. No one's reading that. <laughs> I mean, it's no. funny because it just showed our blind spot for Australia because we truly had never heard of it, didn't know it existed. Like we mm. knew about Hello, <laughs> like as a UK publication. <laughs> like, oh, you, you know what I mean? the publication, so- not the country. <laughs> not the <laughs> No, not I knew about Australia, but I'm just in terms of Australian. I feel like I've learned so much about Australian pop culture, like just from doing this podcast. And I'm so grateful because I really didn't know anything before. (laughs) 
So I have actually interviewed you guys both before. Um, it was September 2019, I believe, in what feels mm-hmm. like centuries ago. Uh, I was wow. in the States. I know. Um, but your favorite who's back then were Josh Gad, the Property Brothers, and Nanette Faye's Hannah Gadsby. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm wondering, like, well, I guess, I guess first we need you to define what a who is versus a them because it's like the basic tenet of your podcast. And then I'm going to ask you who your favorite who's are now and like what's changed in a pandemic? Who's your faves? I can define what a who is. So beyond being a podcast and a a beloved Australian media property, a who (laughs) is a category of celebrity. I think it's just, it's a different way of saying, you know, anyone under C-list, anyone under C-plus list celebrity, someone you see all the time on various media channels who you recognize as this is a famous person, but you can't quite articulate why. And the uh, opposite of that, if there's a binary, it's it's who and them. Thems are the people you know instantly. You yeah. know, that's Rihanna, that's Brad Pitt, that's Julia Roberts, you know, mm-hmm. that's the queen. Um, <laughs> those are the those are the thems. Those are the obvious ones. Uh, who's are the ones that make you say who? The yeah. people who may be on the cover of your Who Weekly. Bindi Irwin is like a them for you. And she's also a them <laughs> for she? us. But I, I, don't, I don't know if she's a them for us. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> we always get calls from Australians when we talk about Bindi Irwin. They're like, no, she's not as famous as you think she is. No, don't give her attention. I would argue that one of our favorite bits is trolling Australians by pretending like we think that Bindi Aaron is like the most important cultural <laughs> icon to you. Like, it is funny to me that that would be something that we would think. It is literally boiling my blood right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the pandemic, like, who were the stars of the pandemic? Who were the Hui stars? The people who were doing stuff. I mean, honestly, Rita, Rita Ora killed Still. it this pandemic. I just yeah. am astounded by her ascension. And... Uh, the other ones I wrote down here, I think these are more recent, but Julia Fox, I think, had an amazing yeah. month in terms of hoodum. Um Christine Quinn of Selling Sunset fame did well. <laughs> um, and I always mm-hmm. – and another person I love is Jonathan Bennett, who's like the mean girls guy. I feel like he had a really fun time. Uh, and then I have actually on my list Australia, like as a country. Australia. I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. Big. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, – Thanks to COVID, we really not only did you start COVID with um, Tom Hanks getting we COVID did, in Australia yeah. on course. the set of the yeah. Baz Luhrmann you movie, COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the the when all of the Hollywood stuff was getting shot in Australia and all the A-listers went to Australia and were like, "See ya, I'm going to shoot my movie here." I do feel like you captured the hearts and minds of Hollywood and a lot of those big thems kind of like came over and became who's or just like took over Byron Bay. And then we had kind of uh, thems alongside Australian who's and the whole confluence just, I think, rose rose the country's star just quite a bit. <laughs> and as Americans, I know things have fluctuated so much over the past two years, like who's doing what right and who's doing what wrong and how often that has changed repeatedly. But For a long time as Americans, you look at Australia and it's like, oh, that looks like paradise right now. Like, they've got it right. They're dealing with it right. We're paying more attention just because maybe there's some jealousy there, or at least there was. Uh, There continues to be. I'd love to live in Australia, you know? One of my favorite things was when this happened over the past few years was when Zac Efron 
moved to Australia and then just started dating a waitress there. And then she (laughs) became a who. And now she is like in the Daily Mail all the time. I'm just like, wow, the the glow of like everyone. It's like it's all happening over there. And I just I I love that. (laughs) It was a very exciting time for us. Like Natalie Portman would just go to the local calls and and people would just be obsessing over what was in her trolley. Like, oh, my gosh, she likes that kind of cheese that I like. (laughs) I feel great for the paparazzi there. They're like the local paparazzi business in Uh, Australia just boomed, you know? What a time. What a There time. was a photo of Rita Ora bike riding with Russell Crowe that I could not believe. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I-, I couldn't have made this up. <laughs> I know. And yes. like, I think Rita Ora and Taika actually met in Sydney as well. It's been like this. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It's been a great no, time it's for huge. Right. The photos mm-hmm. of them on the balcony with Tessa yes. Thompson. I mean, this is all Australia. Like, we owe it to you. You gave us so much. You're welcome. And now Cody Smith-McPhee is about to win an Oscar, maybe. Well, maybe he won't, but he could. And we hope he does. Twink rats. We hope he does. <laughs> we hope he does. Talking about, you know, Rita and Taika, we will get into that in a bit. And also, Lindsay, you mentioned, of course, our Who Queen, Julia Fox. <laughs> Let's dig into it, because we did get you guys on to talk to us about a very disturbing new trend that me and Steph are constantly bombarded with in our everyday lives. We're talking about the return of the tabloid couple, you know, Julia Fox and Kanye, RIP, rest in peace, (laughs) Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly, Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, and my personal favourite news that, of course, you broke on your podcast Grimes and <laughs> Chelsea Manning. Unbelievable. I mean, I guess my question, well, like the return of the couples, I do feel like we, maybe because we're like knee deep in it every week, we talk about couples breaking up, getting together, getting divorced, getting engaged, da da da, like all the time. So to me, I'm always seeing tabloid couples, but mm. I do feel like maybe over the past like six months, the um, Kardashian adjacent coupling has gone gotten really out of control and like because basically the couples that we're naming were really mainly talking about like Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly related as related to Kourtney Kardashian Travis Barker and as related to Kanye Mm. Kim and Julia and Pete and like it's all kind of the same cesspool of the same origin do you know what I mean the only other ones were Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas and that sort of like kept us going in those early days of the pandemic. And then Mm. Ben Affleck and J-Lo. And Ben Affleck and J-Lo almost feels like too big, like stratospheric, like, okay, we're back. We don't really have to dwell on this. It's happening. We feel good about it. Like the other stuff is way more, it's, it's drama. It's, it's, you know, hairpin turns every day. What's going on with these people? It also feels like there's, I mean, there was an article in the cut, uh, I think it was like six months ago, talking about the return of the cringe couple. So it's less about the tabloid couple, but also about the couple that is doing just like the most, like getting the cringiest quotes in interviews, like organizing pap shoots that no one wants to see. Wearing barbed wire rings. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like PDA, no. very Angelina Jolie, Billy Bob Thornton exactly. era, like yeah. on the red carpet interviews, like pr- like having to like mention over and over again that they have sex at all, you know, to media and stuff like that. I do, I think that that is... I hate to be like Kardashians, but I just really feel like once you throw them the ball, that's a sports thing, um, they run with it, like in football. <laughs> like they just like they know how to keep everyone watching. And like that, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel very like always blaming them for that, but it's very much their realm. I think they helped like write the book on how to do that, at least in the like 
digital age, the like social media age. But also it, it's one of those things where it's very easy to blame things on like what happened to our collective psyches during the pandemic and like what did COVID do? Mm. But I think an easy explanation could also be in addition to everything else is like these celebrities were desperate for attention after yeah. a year and a half indoors. And <laughs> what better way to get it? Almost certainly, because we've been talking about relationships, like Lindsay said, for over two years, oh, five years, right? Like six years, seven years. Mm. I don't even know how long we've been doing this. Oh There's gosh. always a new relationship to talk about. Is that person famous? Are those people famous? Probably not. But yeah. like, they're always happening. So these people know that it's a tried and true method to like get attention if you want it. And I think that of all of those, Kanye West and Julia Fox simply wanted attention and it yeah. worked. Like, I don't know. I think that's a lot of it is, of course, I think that Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are perfect for each other. But I think they're also in love with cameras and yeah. headlines. That's such a good point. I'm wondering, like, what have, what have been some of your favorite, most desperate ones that, like, the, the moments where a couple has just gone too far to get the headline that they would have otherwise gotten on a red carpet? Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and the blood that they wore and yes. the... The barbed wire ring that like will tear your finger apart if you take it off. Like that just felt, that felt so 2001, you know, where I was like, I was, I was groaning at it. I'm rolling my eyes, but I'm also like, I kind of wanted this. I missed this sort of like, um, this camp on the red carpet. You know, (laughs) that's what, what is he, what did he say? I am, you smell like weed. I am weed. I'm like, you're so (laughs) stupid, but I love it. Literally high theater. Yeah. I think the return also of pop punk as like a music trend is really helping Mm -hmm. with kind of gelling everything together to be the weirdest form of celebrity ever. Like who knew that Travis Barker would be relevant in 2022? Mm -hmm. That's almost inspiring. (laughs) Do you think it's that level of camp that actually makes a really good, like hooey tabloid couple like do you think they need that level of constant and extreme theater to be able to sustain this kind of relationship in our minds i think they do travis and courtney mm-hmm. i mean these are two for <laughs> yeah. these are two like i don't know how old, old i don't know how old he is but let's just say these are two 40 somethings with kids like i just think that they like this is not like two people who are like out and about and know how to use all the technology and da da da. They're literally like they do need old school media tactics and like they're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, she's they're like he's gonna grab her ass on the beach and get like a million headlines based off that because that's like the oldest school thing you could do. So I really feel like it's just they're really we feel it's we feel like it's mm-hmm. nostalgic because it literally is nostalgic. Just by definition, the who's need to keep acting up. Like that's how they, <laughs> that's how they stay top of mind. They have to keep doing something keep to get headlines. Up. And if you're in a relationship, like you just play off of each yeah. other and Us Weekly will write about it. You know, they will write about it. One thing that I find very interesting is that obviously in the case of Courtney and Travis or any of the other Kardashian adjacent couples, they're still very actively feeding the machine through their own social platforms. They're dropping, you know, like when Courtney and Travis launched their their, their relationship, it was just a photo of a tattooed hand. (laughs) Like it was guesswork. It was a soft launch. So it feels very weird now to actually get couples who still launch on the red carpet. Like, I feel like recently there was a photo that we saw of Millie Bobby Brown and her new beau, Jake Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Like, who who on earth is Jake it's Bon Jovi? It's obviously Bon Jovi's like, son. It's bon Jovi's the one and son. only. It's John Bon Jovi's son. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> the reveal that Bon Jovi's last name is Bon Jovi is so funny, first of all. Like, I know that some people did know that and have known that for many years since the 80s. But, like, the reveal that Bon Jovi's name is essentially John Bon Jovi and his son is Jake Bon Jovi is, like, a true thrilling thing for our culture. And also back to the red carpet thing, we had, there was another recent red carpet reveal, like red carpet official. It was um, Kristen Stewart and her fiance, whatever her name is that I forgot. They've been together for a couple of years at this point. They got engaged a while ago, but they haven't had anything to go to until like a week ago. So, so it's still, there was still that mentality of like, it's not real, real unless they're holding hands on the red carpet, like in front of a step and repeat. You know? And now you have the Oscars and you have all these award shows. So it's finally like the highest profile things you could be at. And I would argue people are more excited about the red carpet than they are about the actual awards. Like yeah. I know oh, I am. Definitely. And half of yeah. these things I don't even know how to watch anymore because like of streaming and all that. I've told Lindsay this, but like on Oscar Sunday, I'm turning on E! News at noon and I'm not turning it off until <laughs> the Oscars start. Like I'm just going to sit for seven hours and like listen to Juliana Rancic talk to everyone. She's not even there anymore. Not even even there anymore, I know. (laughs) I'm also wondering, like, what were the roles of the paparazzi during the pandemic? Like, when red carpet didn't exist, we felt like we were getting a lot of pap shots, and maybe it's not anything new, but they were certainly trickling down to Australia. The sort of Ben Affleck... Yeah. (laughs) Ben Affleck's pandemic was a very visible experience. Um, Are are people still calling them, setting this stuff up? People Um, are definitely calling them still. And actually, I think that probably trickled down or across to Australia, too, because I do feel like, you know, when all of the A-listers were there and, uh, you know, all of your local photographers Mm. were, like, getting calls from, like, you know... Us Weekly being like, hey, like, you're a stringer. Can you go figure out where Rita Ora is or whatever? And again, mm-hmm. it's not that hard because I can't imagine she's – I think she's gone maybe three places in Australia so far, like, total. That that industry was booming. And then you had, like, oh, Matt Damon's buying a house here. Oh, like, Chris Hemsworth is having, like, a white party where everybody wears white. Like, what – like, since when <laughs> is he allowed to do that? You know what I mean? It's also, like, odd to me because then you see some celebrities try and buck that trend and really go to, like, the the local knowledge places. Like, Rita Ora was spotted in Newtown, like, so many times. Was she? Yes, oh. yes, she was. She, she was literally spotted, like, making out with Tyka in a Newtown She's pub. She's local. Um, a tip that I believe was, was sent in by one of my best friends who Which l- literally was there. I have no idea, but I think they were seeing karaoke Amazing. or something. Ke- it was Kelly's. <laughs> Kelly's. I just going back to Grimes, going back to Grimes and Chelsea Manning, just wanted to know a little bit more about how that worked from your end in terms of, you know, your your role as a podcasters is more about commenting on the coverage. But in this particular instance, you got the tip first. So how has that changed in like the six years you guys have been podcasting? How many tips are you getting now? We don't we don't get as many tips as honestly, I when we do get tips, I love it because there's no pressure to play them because we're not really in Um, Mm. we don't really love breaking stories. It just, that requires, it requires like an extra amount of work Mm. and there's already too much to do on this podcast where it's like, if we're going to be breaking stories, we'd have to actually source them out, make sure we're doing the right thing. And it's just like, it's, it's a burden, but this was too much fun. Mm. And yeah, it's an anomaly. It's not something that I can see ourselves doing in the future, but the call was too interesting. Lindsay knew someone who knew someone who said it was true. Like, and Grimes had just done this profile and we still kind of presented it as, um, we heard uh, this, this alleged thing. Yes, but like that was it was such a it was such a unique 
instance. I don't think that we're going to do it again, but it was it was kind of fun to have semi-broken. <laughs> well, we can't predict whether or not we're going to do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. We do get a lot of people who call us and give us good information and say, don't play mm-hmm. this, which I like because then yeah. we have it on background and it's a little bit more interesting to play with it. And, then and it can provide context to future stories, you know? And we can kind of speak around some gossip, you know, like we can, you know, heavily imply or whatever and and do that, which I think is a little bit more interesting sometimes. But this one was a direct tip from somebody who said, go for it. I was able to verify it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I felt comfortable putting it out there and nobody was going to get hurt or be in trouble. And I was like, you know what? I know that somebody will pick this up and get the sources like tomorrow morning if we put this here. And that's what happened. And I'm thankful. (laughs) And it was fun. It's just a fun couple. No, that's, you guys. That's yeah. it. It was oh, just yeah. a fun couple. Like, I think it, it was kind of a perfect storm of things. I feel like the sheer volume of, like, just people sending in tips, not not maybe, like, not only to you guys, but also to Instagram sources, like, the very controversial Demois. Mm-hmm. Like, people are sending in a giant volume of tips every single day. Um, some of them are very inane, but others are, like, extremely spot on. It feels like almost the power has, like, shifted away from paparazzi and, like, traditional forms of media. People are literally just, like, playing armchair detective and scrolling through celebrities' follow following list to find their finsters. <laughs> They're getting smarter, though. Um, another one of oh. my favorite <laughs> lockdown activities oh my God. back in the day. <laughs> I do feel like the, the access journalism of it all is what's so interesting about that, which already was happening and actually, like, you know... Maybe is coming around the bend on the other side in terms of like, you know, I don't know, but in terms of like not needing um, a big magazine to break your news, kind of doing it yourself, like what you guys were saying, like, do you want to be spotted Mm. at Craig's or do you want to just post your own photos and beat them to the punch? Like, that's a celebrity's decision to make. They don't actually have to go through anyone anymore. Is it more glamorous to still go through like Vogue or whatever? Yeah, of course. So like, that's the decision. But Demois, I mean, again, a total pandemic pop-up thing, I wonder if that became as popular because people were so bored in their houses, like desperate for like celebrities to be seen and desperate for that information. But now I feel like we're maybe back to a point where a lot of that is so unverifiable and a lot of, for as many times as things have been right, things have been wrong, that I just wonder what the next step is in terms of people putting up with that. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And I think that Demois is like a great middleman you know, for all these things, because there's, for all the stuff that she's posting on that account, there's probably 10 times as much that she doesn't post because it's just like, there's too much. And she has to pick, I think, probably what interests her kind of above Mm. all else. And it's like, it isn't her job to verify things. She hears things, but it's like, she's doing it for fun. And I like the idea that like an actual reporter and a journalist with sources can see that and say, oh, that lit something up in me. I'm going to do the work. And then at Us Weekly, like reach out to my people. Like, I I don't think I see her as a replacement. I just see her as like another cog in the machine, you know? Um, You said before, Bobby, that celebrities are getting smarter. I meant about, what did you mean? I meant you mean about that? The, I meant Say about more. the Finstas because there was a there was a period of time, and I don't know if it was during the pandemic or a little before, where like Finstas were being found out. Oh, it was 
It was right Did at the beginning. Ben Affleck's? People found Ben Affleck's. That's who it was. People found Ben Affleck's, and it was very obviously Ben Affleck's. It wasn't Goodwill Hunting. It was another word for Goodwill and oh, Hunting. Right. It was like it yeah. was like grateful <laughs> will gathering. It was something like it that. It was clever. <laughs> I need I need to actually find this right. You'll now. find it very easily. Um, Ben Affleck's Finster is called Positive Attitude Hunting. Yes, I knew <laughs> it. It was something like that. I knew it was close. It's so funny. It's so, so good. Funny. What's interesting, too, is like, I just want to I feel like we've never brought this up. But like, remember back in the day when like Gawker Stalker was a feature on Gawker that was literally doing what Demois is doing now. And people were up in arms like Mm. there were everybody was talking Mm -hmm. about how awful it was and how dare we their privacy issues. And it's dangerous. And I remember like Emily Gould getting like screamed at by like talking heads. And I just was and it's interesting now because like. I don't feel like it's getting that reaction anymore. And I wonder why. Like, where is the where not that I'm saying it deserves the outrage, but where is the outrage that people had quite a few years ago with the exact same thing? Is it because social media has ruined us and we're just used to like kind of this information being so available? Just so funny that it's essentially the same thing. Mm hmm. I genuinely think it's because, Bobby, as you said, somebody's getting smarter, but people are getting dumber, <laughs> like, in my, in my view. Like, so, like some of the tips that, that get sent into Demois, I feel like are almost evident that people just, like, want to find yeah. a tip, but it's not actually anything that's relevant. Like, I feel like I saw something recently that was, like, spotted Joe Biden in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's yes. our favorite one! <laughs> and that was, she's clearly, like, that making once a joke a there, but the... <laughs> The person who sent that tip, I think, was very earnest. (laughs) I think the other thing with sites like Dumois is like, you know, Gawker is a legitimate media outlet. In Australia, now social media accounts are getting held to the same sort of legal rigor and responsibilities. They can be actually sued for defamation. It's that kind of thing where I I feel like the Dumois, the rise of that is going to have a pretty harsh fall at some point when people start holding it to the same standards that we now hold social media to to be a publisher and to think of yourself as a publisher and take responsibility as a publisher. But I think we're in that little sweet spot now before that happens. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we wanted to end this on a game uh, where we are going to ask you to bring us the names of Australian who's that you've discussed on the pod or, you know, in private. And we can tell you what their standing is in Australia because I have heard you guys talk about Australian Who's so many times where I've been like, never heard of them. No idea who that is. Or 
or been like, that is the most famous person. How, how are they possibly a who? Truly, you guys are like obsessed with Australia, I feel. And for that, I thank you. We love Australia. It's literally <laughs> the Daily Mail's fault. Like, I'm sorry, because we go, we only go off of the most absurd, funny Daily Mail headlines. And you guys are pulling off some of the best ones. Like, we, we're, we're at our best when there's a crazy headline of somebody we've never heard of. And 99% of the time right now, it's somebody who's from Australia. And it's so awesome. So that's all, y'all. Why don't we just start with Bindi Irwin? So I think Bindi Irwin mm-hmm. is like this classic example of everyone overseas thinks she is a huge deal, uh, the Queen of Australia. Um, no one here, I think, pays any attention mm-hmm. to her at all. I mean, obviously what she went through <laughs> is sad, but that's it. I don't know anything about her. She's married to someone famous now? She's married to yes. an American, that- right? Like, <laughs> yeah. she's not famous. She's know. most well known know for marrying an American. Yeah, I think that's it. I have another one. Um, Bobby mentioned him, but what about what about Cody? Cody Smith-McPhee. What about him? Yeah. A rising them, I would say. Like, he doesn't exhibit any kind of who behavior. He's just like an actor who's like kind of made it big. And I think it's only gonna it's it's only gonna get bigger, is my is my personal take. But might be subject to that classic Australian thing of like when someone is like too talented and then they have to move overseas and then get ignored by Australia completely. That might happen. I was really interested in in last episode or uh, Wednesday's episode when you guys were talking about Melanie Linsky and referred to her as like your new favorite Hollywood person and in my head I'm like she's not Hollywood she's just like she's just around she's like New Zealand like very local New Zealand goes to every single event is very very sweet at all of them but it kind of blew my mind that, that she's now kind of demi I think yellow jackets not that I think she's demi but yellow jackets mixed with like she has that um character actress who's been around for a long time but now everybody's like yes girly she's the she's the one very like Laura Dern of it all you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that felt mm-hmm. like her Laura Dern moment yeah. and also she's you know married to Jason Ritter who is mm. son of a big kind of nostalgic figure here and so I do feel like that's you know maybe it's a turning point in her career I have one Sonia Kruger Michael's got thoughts <laughs> I only know her as dancing with the stars person but is she more than that <laughs> You talk about Sonia Kruger way more than anyone here has ever talked about Sonia Kruger. Like, wow. I, I actively actually Googled her because I was like, I know that this is going to come up. And I was like I, like, I genuinely have no idea what she's done recently. I don't even know where she came from. Like, she's just around. She just hosts things. She does, like, red carpets and hosts stuff. Right. This is like Kyle Sandilands, another person who comes up constantly, <laughs> but is also like, I'm friends with Zac Efron. Like, and it's like, no, you're not. Like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Wait, I had somebody else. Uh, oh, oh, Danny Minogue. Tell me what your thoughts are on Danny Minogue. I think she's a them. I think she's just a them through nepotism. <laughs> like, she can't be Kylie's sister and not be a them. But she also had her own little career. And it was a great career. She's a, she's them of releasing a song called Coconuts before Kim Petras. <laughs> she definitely did. Uh, um, what do you guys think defines an Australian who? I mean, you've t- been talking about them a lot more in the pandemic because obviously we're having our moment. Because we are American podcasters recording our podcasts from America all the time. You know, 95% of the people we talk about are American. It's like, it's the Australian celebrities who aren't the, you know, Marvel movie stars and, you know, global superstars, the Australian celebrities who somehow make it into international press. And it just, unfortunately, that press typically is the Daily Mail just because they have a huge platform and megaphone. (laughs) But it's like, who are these names that we see 
pop up amid the people that we normally see, amid like the old standbys. That's kind of all it means to me. But you're right. It's very easy for people like us to be fooled by yeah. headlines like that that inflate the actual, I don't know, celebrity of a person. Because to us, it's like, oh, Sharna Burgess. Oh, she must be huge. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think Daily Mail is like basically the nexus of all of this kind of stuff. And Daily Mail has their own heroes that are decided by a, a probably yeah. quite a small group of people. But it ends up having like a very big impact on the way that Australian celebrities mm. are perceived. Who do you think is Australia's reader aura from where you guys are sitting? Oh, my God. That's impossible. You know who comes up so much who you're going to yell at me for saying this name? But oh, yeah. there's a celebrity you guys have. Her name is Tammy Hembro. Who? Yeah, I've never <laughs> I've never heard of her. She is constantly in the Daily Mail for being hot, like, which is fine. Like, literally is where is Rita Ora's origin story. Like, that is... But it's just Tammy is everywhere. Like she's the one who, Bobby, do you remember she like, there was like a tag on her furniture that was like revealed in some. That was dangling underneath. Yeah. And yeah. she also went to Kylie Jenner's birthday party and passed out. Oh, the- that one. Yes. I just Googled her and the first result which comes up is an article in The Sun describing her as Kylie Jenner's pregnant <laughs> nemesis. Perfect. That's exactly who she is. That's it. What I'm getting That's is it. pregnant Tammy Hembro reveals ultrasound that shows her baby girl has 12 fingers. That sounds like her. And good for her. I, I have never seen this person before in my life. I mean, to answer your first question, who is Australia's Rita Ora? Sorry, it's Rita Ora. She claimed Australia. She's the queen of Australia now. (laughs) It's it's Rita Ora. She literally heard that you guys didn't have a Rita Ora, and she said, I'm Rita Ora. I will be coming, and I will be dating one of your men. It is very, very sad that we say goodbye to you. This was a lot of fun. God. We could talk for hours, and honestly, we should be running more Australian Who's by you guys, because I do feel like we need greater context. Yes. Please. Thank you so much for coming on and explaining all of that to us. It has been an absolute delight. Thanks for having us. It is time for our top of the list where we tell you about all of the cultural thems in our world from the week. Steph, what is the top of your list? It feels like everybody I know in my life right now, for some reason, is re-watching Sex and the City. And I recently got COVID, recently decided to start re-watching Sex and the City, and I had three different friends recommend a particular podcast to go along with my rewatch, which I'd never heard of before and is an absolute delight. It's called Sentimental in the City. It's actually part of Carolyn O'Donoghue's other podcast, Sentimental Garbage. They basically did a spin-off where her and Dolly Alderton dissect every season of Sex and the City and they turn it into this like insanely fascinating discussion about the themes and character arcs on the show that I just barely even noticed the first time I watched it as a teenager and I'm now just completely drawn in and obsessed with. They are obviously very, very close friends. They love this show so much. They think way too hard about it and they get increasingly drunk as the episode progresses and it's just a real treat. What about you? My top of the list, speaking about Australian stars who have made it big overseas, um, it's a movie called Anonymous Club, which follows Australian them, Courtney Barnett. Ah, yes, I've heard about this. It's amazing. It's this like very intimate music doco um, that's directed by her friend, Danny Cohen, and he's followed her for three years on tour um, when she's back home in Melbourne recording and writing. It's all shot on 16mm footage, and it's just like the most gorgeous exploration of how lonely life on the road is and all the anxieties that come with being a musician 
who doesn't really feel completely at ease around people. Mm. And it's this, like, amazing dissection of, like, mental health and creativity and just the genius that is Courtney Barnett. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, you should absolutely subscribe to Save for Later wherever you get your podcasts. And if you liked it, you should also leave us a review. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Koning, who also handcrafted the music. And it was executive produced by Miles Martignoni and me. What? <laughs> We're going to be here again next week. Um, Alex is going to be back, but goodbye, Steph. Very sad to goodbye. lose you into the ether once again. Absolute treat to join this particular episode. Thanks for having me. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.